Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another good, the bad, and the macho Real Film Nerds Podcast. My name is Matt, one of your dose hosts. See, it makes more sense using it on this because it's we're talking about Cry Macho, which is a film that takes place in Mexico, so I can use my Mexican words like dose. You mean Mexicans. Spanish? <laughs> yeah. Yep. My Mexican words. Yeah, Spanish. Sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. Please don't scold me. So there you go. As you heard, my buddy is always mysterious Mike Talent. How are you? Uh, father of a child, too. I'm doing okay. Pretty tired. Uh, there's a lot of work uh, now. Having two children at home, two little children. But so far, so good. Uh, we're hanging in there. Sounds like your wife and mother-in-law are doing all the work, and you are sitting in the closet talking on a microphone. Well, that is what I'm doing at the moment. But just trust me, it's it's been very busy, Matt. Uh, I'm not getting very much sleep, even by your standards. Even by my standards? I don't know, dude. Your standards are pretty high when it comes to sleep. Mine are very low. I average a good five, six hours a night, and I'll do well. Man, that's nice. That's nice that you get that much. Yeah, it's it's like winning the lottery, but I've been getting that much like most of my life. Mike, you, you sleep when you're not you know, bringing children into this world again, uh, like nine hours. No, no. I clearly like seven hours. Anything more than seven hours, and I feel weird. Groggy. Just, I don't know, foggy. Is that from the IPAs? No, no. I think those help provide clarity. All right, Mike. Well, speaking of clarity, let's get going on the latest Real Film Nerds podcast, episode number 239? Yeah, that sounds right. Does that sound right? It's either 239 or 240. I don't know. It's one of the two. Uh, Clint Eastwood's latest film that I'm sure we're going to be different on, Cry Macho, a.k.a. The movie about an old man, a boy, and his cock. Nice, Matt. Nice, nice. Um, I don't know if we're going to be different on it, but uh, let's let's talk about it. Do you want me to do the rundown, Matt? Yes, Mike. Please give us the illustrious rundown. All right. So this movie was directed by Clint Eastwood. It was written by Nick Schnick. Uh, and in Richard Nash, it's starring uh, Clint Eastwood, Dwight Yoakam, Eduardo Minette, and Natalia Driven. And this movie is a one-time rodeo star and washed-up horse breeder takes a job to bring a man's young son home away from his alcoholic mom. On their journey, the horseman find, finds redemption through teaching the boy what it means to be a good man. Okay, Mike. Since you watched it more recently than me, as in like 15 minutes ago, uh, what is your first thoughts of the movie where you cry about being macho? Uh, I liked it overall, Matt. I thought the main like teenager uh, actor was a little bit, I don't know, he he was a little overdramatic or I don't know, it's... It, it seemed like you had a teenager playing a teenager trying to think about what it is to be a teenager. Like, I don't know. It seemed a little odd. 
like it didn't seem natural to me, uh, that stuff. But uh, Clint Eastwood, man, uh, he was amazing. Like, I forgot he's 91 years old. Like, I thought it was great. He was still cracking jokes, and I don't know. It was good to see him kind of as a cowboy character again, you know? So I like that about this movie. Well, all right, Mike. Here comes our differentiations. I did not think this movie was great. I thought it was mediocre at best. Clint Eastwood definitely comes off as 91. Hell, maybe even 99. I mean, did you see him try and throw a punch in this movie, Mike? That was just rough. And the kid even commented, you know, you're pretty fast for an old man. I was like, no, you are not pretty fast for an old man. No, man. Like, I don't know. He was... Just the fact that he can act and and remember his lines, and I I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if you've dealt with a lot of ninety one year old people, but he's he's doing great. I'm not saying that he isn't, but for Clint Eastwood, it's kind of hard to watch. I mean, I I'll try not to get into spoilers, but I mean, there's a whole scene where like there's clearly a woman forty to fifty years younger than him who is hitting on him and trying to seduce him. And it's like, really? That's just kind of creepy. Did you sleep through that part, Mike? No, man. I, I liked it. I thought it I thought it was endearing. I don't know, man. I guess, like you said, we're going to have some differences, and this, these are our differences. We're going to have a lot of differences on this, and I have a feeling. Like, the I although here's an agreement. I do agree that the... The kid that played, um, oh, hell. What was the name of the, the kid? Uh, Raphael, I think, or Raph. Raffy? Uh, Raffo. Raffo. Yeah, Raffo. The kid that played Raffo, I, he was rough. You could tell he's fairly new to acting, and he, it was rough. He was very, it just, it just was not good. It was not working for me. T- to me, it seemed like someone who's trying to figure out, like you were trying to understand what the character was going through, but not being old enough to understand what the character was going through. So it's tough. <laughs> like, if that makes sense. I don't know. Sure. I'll go with that, Mike. I'll go with that. But we agree on that. He was just, he was rough. He was very, very rough. And he's the main character next to Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Speaking of that, on IMDb, they have the the characters listed off as like the cast there's like the hippie girls there's three of them that were like right in the beginning of the movie they're like cast above uh like all kinds of people that were actually in the movie and i don't understand like it was weird like eduardo uh minette who plays raffo and natalia trevin who plays marta who are like some of the main stars in the movie are like 15 people back. I don't understand. I don't know, dude. Maybe it's an IMDb thing, but I think IMDb gets all their info from basically the studios. So maybe Clint Eastwood is just mean. I don't know. Yeah. And like Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. He's in this movie, but, but barely. Yeah. So he's, it's like, he's not a star. He's just a name that people know. Well, no, yeah, and it says the cast in credits order. So, 
Okay. The main characters clearly did not get a nod on this one. They they're put down towards the bottom of the credits. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. That's but... kind of shitty. All right. All right, Matt. So so bring it on. What else, what else you got? So the first half of the film I honestly had no clue what was going on. No clue. I was just like, okay. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but I, we'll get to it later. But there's just a lot of things where I'm like, what's going on? Who's doing what? What? Who's what? Where? Why did it jump a year? He's coming and talking to him again for what? Interesting. Okay. I mean, it was beautiful. Nice wide shots. Typical, you know, cinematography of a Clint Eastwood film. But it's just the whole first half of the movie. You just it's honestly, I don't know what the hell is going on. The second half of the movie fantastic i really liked it when they're in the little town and everything's going on in the little town and they're getting to know the people and they're just living their lives that's where this movie really 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 succeeds i think if the movie would have just been like the second half of the film it would have been so much better all right matt i will agree with you the first part i was like i have no idea what is happening it does start and it's doesn't i don't know i mean i guess we have almost no exposition, which we're kind of used to having some, and it was it was weird. That was weird. Um, but the the second half of the movie is definitely where it shines, and that that was probably the part that I liked the most. the 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 town stuff was, I don't know, like that just seemed more like a more endearing and more like kind of the modern Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah, it was very good. The second half of the film was very, very good. The first half, I don't know what the hell was going on. There was a movie. It didn't feel like a Clint Eastwood movie, except for Clint Eastwood was in it. But I, I, no, the second half of the movie, give us more of that. And every single Clint Eastwood movie, we know what's going on at the start of the film. This one didn't give us crap. Grand Trino, Unforgiven. I mean, even if they have to write it on the screen like an Unforgiven, we at least know kind of what's going on. This we had no clue, none. Yeah, that's true, Matt. We we it was, it was a little bit weird, more than a little bit. Well, all right, Mike. We have something exciting this week for Real Film Nerds Podcast, episode number two hundred thirty nine. Oh yeah, what do we got, Mike? We are doing another wonderful giveaway. Although this time, it's a Disney movie, Mike. Oh, man. Disney. That's awesome. Mike, we are giving away digital download codes for the film Cruella. Now, all you have to do to enter is you have to email Mike or me or our nerds at realfilmnerds.com what your favorite Clint Eastwood movie is, and you will be entered into the drawing for one of the free films. All right, Mike. So here is the little bit of information I need to read. Every good villain has a bad beginning. Emma Stone and Emma Thompson star in Disney's Cruella, which follows the early days of one of cinema's most notorious and notoriously fashionable villains. Add Cruella to your Disney movie collection today and enjoy deleted scenes, bloopers, and behind-the-scenes featurettes. Available now on digital. Own it on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and DVD as well. So there we go, Mike. Giving away like you know a a big big one, man. Cruella. That was a that's a big time film. Yeah, that is a big time film, Matt. Um, both uh, me and Mags have seen it. We watched it uh, on Disney Plus 
premiere access or whatever it's called where we um, rented it. And uh, yeah, we liked it. It was uh, definitely a different look. Mike, I'm pretty sure it's called Disney Plus Plus. It might be Disney Plus Plus. I'm I'm not sure. I think it's called Premiere Access or something. I don't know. I think there's a name, but I can't remember what it's called. Oh, come on, Mike. That's a callback to our pod that when you were first talking about when they did uh, Mulan and they were having it on Premiere or whatever access they call it. And you're like, I guess they're going to call it Disney Plus Plus. <laughs> it's okay. He has a new child brain, people. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I do not have. Things are, are a little fuzzy. Very fuzzy, and that's not including the IPA. So anyways, there you go, folks. If you would like to be entered to win a copy of Cruella, shoot us an email. Tell us what your favorite Clint Eastwood movie is, and we will put you in uh, the drawing, and you might get a free digital copy of Cruella. All right, Mike, so let us move along, move along to the next part of the pod. I'm thinking, yes. He's holding up his beer. He wants to ask me a question. Mike, please ask away. All right, Matt. So what are you drinking this fine morning, evening, afternoon, dunch, lunch, dinner, dinner? <sighs> or midnight feeding? Ah! Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. Very poignant. Good job, man. <laughs> ah! uh, I'm celebrating the birth of your new child with a champagne of beers. A Miller High Life, Mike. Nice. Very nice. But I am not celebrating that you didn't name her after me. I am still very disappointed. Did you even mention it to Mags that you were going to name her Matina? Oh, I'm sure it came up. (laughs) I'm sure it came up. You just don't remember because you were sleeping? You were having nightmares? Well, that was back when I used to sleep. So, maybe. So, 1992. Got it. Okay, Mike. So, what IPA are you guzzling this evening? Day, afternoon, whatever. So I am not drinking an IPA, Matt. I am drinking another pumpkin ale. And this one's just called Pumpkin Ale. And it is from the uh, discount supermarket chain Aldi. It's their just beer that they contract. I don't know who makes it. But it's pretty tasty. Well, all right, Mike. Having a second child is already affecting your finances. You have had to go to the discount store to buy your beer. But you still got your pumpkin ale. Just called pumpkin ale. Yes, they're very creative over there. Is that like going to Walmart and buying bread? Like, that's all it is. It's just bread. No brand. Just bread. Yeah, I don't know. Does Walmart sell just bread? Like, like that'd be an awesome brand. It's just called This Is Bread. No, no. You know they got to put their name on everything. So everything's like uh, Sam's Club or Great Choice or whatever, you know. Ah, yes, yes. They're their own, yeah, their own generic brand or whatever. Yeah, great choice or great value or, I don't know, something like that. I don't remember. Anyways, all right, Mike, so uh, let's ask the most important question of the podcast. Mike, how does Cry Macho relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? All right, Matt. Yep. Uh, Thanks for asking. Uh, This one wasn't too tough. Uh, The cinematographer for this movie was Ben Davis. And Ben Davis worked on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange. So he's no uh, stranger 
to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, did you see what I did wow. there? Wow. You are turning into a dad jokester. Yeah, that almost worked. <laughs> it almost worked. It almost worked with with the strange. Yeah, yeah, it almost worked. All right, kids, so that means we are now in our spoiler section of said podcast. Mike, there's a lot of cock in this movie. I mean, there's just so much. It's everywhere. I, I just don't get it. Like, how? I know it's Mexico, right? Mexico doesn't have the standards that we do. You and I frequented Mexico growing up as children. We remember some of it. A lot of it we don't. But I still think they would have rules and regulations of you carrying a live rooster into a restaurant, sitting down and having a meal as the rooster is hanging out next to you. I still think they probably would not allow it. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, dude. I think I think you're wrong. I think they wouldn't care as long as you were paying for your food. Okay. Well, clearly I thought a lot higher of the people of Mexico that own restaurants than you do. <laughs> ouch. Ouch. Now, okay. All right. All right. If they're like having cockfighting at the restaurant, then you would expect it. You would expect them to have the cocks inside the dining room, hanging out. Maybe that's where they're doing it. Maybe they're that's their timeout room. Maybe they're in there getting a little snack, you know, getting ready for the next bout. Okay, so so Matt, are you trying to say cock as much as you can? No, I swear I'm not trying to say cock as much as I can. I'm just talking about the fact that there's a lot of cock in this film. It's everywhere. Literally everywhere, they bring it in. It's a fighting cock. Then you see the, the. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. I'll stop. You're laughing too much, Mike. You're laughing too much. Nobody can hear you, but I can see you. Well, dude, I mean that. that yes, we're talking about a rooster, uh, and Matt is just enjoying talking about that. It is a fighting cock because it it is. Uh, his his name is is Macho. His name is Macho. That's where the title comes from, Macho, because the cock is named Macho because he's Macho. It's funny because he actually has a decent story about why he named him Macho. It's not bad, but he tells it really terribly, like most of his acting acting throughout the film. But I did like I did like that that rooster uh, or several roosters. I'm not sure. Yeah, did you uh, watch the behind the scenes? I did not watch the behind the scenes. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a couple little behind the scenes on HBO Max where they talk about how they had, you know, multiple cocks to play their one role. And they all looked the same. Like they had one that you would uh, put out your arm and he would jump on your arm. And they had another one where they would uh, say a word and he would immediately start attacking. And then they had just the every, you know, regular stunt cock that the kid just carried around with him. <laughs> he just couldn't he just couldn't let it go I man let just it go. i'm sorry Mike. Uh, is that is that is that what she said yes yes i couldn't let it go that's what she said totally that's from um <laughs> orgasmo that's for, totally from orgasmo that's one we probably should <laughs> never review on this podcast no no that's a but that's a matt parker and trey stone classic <laughs> it is it is so, okay, all right, I'll get back to it, Mike, but the whole first half was just, it was just bad. I don't know what was going on. And the second half, when they get to the town and they start just living their daily lives and, you know, it's like Clint Eastwood's character starts becoming 
I don't want to say normalized, but he's like redeeming himself after all the terribleness he's had go on. But you don't even really find out how much terribleness he's had going on in his life until later. It's strange, but it's it's about life. Like the whole second part of the film is about slowing down and enjoying what you have and the people around you. Like that's what the whole second half of the movie is about. And that's wonderful. The first half, hell do I know. Yeah, dude, the, the opening scene with the weird meeting with Dwight Yoakam and the other guys, I was like, what in the hell happened? And then it ends, and it's like a year later, and I'm like, what did I just see? They were like talking like super vague. I, I It was weird. It was very bad. It was very bad. That whole opening was bad. It didn't make any sense. And then um, the thing where he just walks into the mom's mansion and like, just walks in and they're like, ah, oh, no big deal. You know, he's a 91 year old dude just walking into a Mexican mansion where clearly she's probably a drug dealer or something. And it's like, yeah, no, I think he probably would have been hurt a little bit, but I don't know. I don't know, dude. He was a 91 year old man. They thought he was unintimidating. Yeah. But the mom still wanted to get on that shit. Well, that was super weird. Dude, that was it was weird. very weird. He's 91. I mean, maybe if he was 70, it'd be more believable, but Jesus. I don't know, dude. You know what else was weird is, you know, the whole movie takes place in like 79. Yeah. The Suburban, though, looks like it's a Suburban from today, and that's a 70s model Suburban. So you would think it would look a little bit better shape being from the 70s, and they're driving it in the 70s. I just found that kind of strange too. Ah, uh, yeah. I was just—I thought it was cool. He's driving around a suburban man. Like you don't see those old school suburbans like that. Like they're huge, and it was cool. It is. Well, the cars do play a role. I mean, because all the cars in it are very unique. All the cars that they end up stealing or getting stolen from them—they're all very unique cars, except for the Mercedes. Yeah. No, I thought that was kind of cool, but. Yeah, I'm not sure what the whole 1979 thing is. Uh, I think I heard something like this is like a really old script that's been kicking around for a long time. I think it was a book, and Clint Eastwood has been wanting to turn it into a film, but they did the script in the 80s, I think. But Clint Eastwood didn't think he was old enough to do the role. But originally how it was written is the Clint Eastwood's character is supposed to be in his 60s or 70s, not in his 90s. So I don't know, maybe he just dragged his feet to do this. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Here's, but, here's some trivia for you, Mike. Okay, go this for This is the first time Clint Eastwood has climbed on a horse since Unforgiven. Whoa, man. That was 1991, so that was probably 1990 when he actually filmed that movie. So Actually, Woo. it came out in 92. Oh, okay. So then he would have written it on 91. Mm-hmm. So he would have written it in 91. Yep. And now he is 91. Nice. He turns. See what you did there, dude. That's cool. He turns ninety-two in May. So, but yeah, no. Um, you got to respect the dude. I mean, he's very good. But I just, I, I, I think personal opinion. I think he should stick to being behind the camera and writing. I think his main leading role days are kind of done, and I don't think it's because he can't do it. I think it's just because of his age. You know the it's the old saying: the mind is willing, but the body isn't. I think he needs to kind of stick to it. You know, have a side character 
have even you know a characters that it's in it like 75 percent, but don't be the main character because it just i think it detracted from uh, the film but again the whole first half of this thing was very strange the whole second half great i know i keep saying that but it was it was very good yeah no you're right it's it's like it's like the movie changed so mike uh here let's just do this just for fun so we're asking what everyone's favorite Clint Eastwood movie is for our contest. Mike, what is uh, your favorite Clint Eastwood movie? Uh, well, Matt, you know, I was thinking about that myself and I have, it's, it's kind of a toss up, but I think I'm going to go with, I think I'm going to go with Unforgiven. I really, really like that movie. So, Mike, I have the same, probably the same toss-up as you. Maybe. I don't know what your movie is against it. But uh, I I am having a hard time deciding between Gran Torino and Unforgiven. I think those are two of his best films ever. Don't get me wrong. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is a very close third. But I think Gran Torino and Unforgiven are his best films to date. Uh, they're just incredible. Well, Matt. Uh, don't forget uh, Million Dollar Baby or whatever. Yeah, I know. But it, it just it doesn't do it for me like the others. I don't know. I mean, it's a good movie. I'm not saying it's bad. I, I just don't yeah. love it like the others. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't love it as well. So I, I thought I'd bring it up, though. Like, it did win, like, Best Picture and all kinds of stuff. So Yeah, it won all kinds of awards, you know. And it, it's well-deserved. You know, don't get me wrong. It's well-deserved, but... Okay, Mike. Well, I notice you fiddling around. You're getting tired of sitting on your ass on the floor in your closet. I think you need to get a chair in there and maybe a desk. Maybe you could just live in the closet like Tom Cruise and John Travolta from South Park. Oh, yeah, that's true. I should do that. So, okay, Mike, how many reels do you gri- give Cry Macho? Um, I'm going to give Cry Macho three and a half reels because I did enjoy it. The first half, like you've said over and over, is just kind of weird. But I don't know. I liked seeing Clint Eastwood again on the screen, and I liked it. I, I don't know. I guess I'm a sucker for Clint Eastwood movies, man. Yeah, I know. I keep saying it over and over and over. I'm sorry, Mike. But it's true. So I think this is half a movie. So I give this movie two and a half reels. Ouch. But that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So, all right, Mike, did you realize last week that we didn't give our reels? Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I didn't. Not until I was putting it out on Thursday because we were behind. You were busy. You had things going on, you know, but hey, at least we got it done on Wednesday night. You know, we got it done. So do you remember uh, how many reels you gave for our last film that I'm forgetting we reviewed? <laughs> Jolt. Jolt. Yes, it was your pick. How many how many reels did you give Jolt, Mike? Uh, I think I gave it two and a half. That is correct, Mike. That's what I believe. And I gave it a full reel above you. I gave Jolt three and a half reels. Nice. So, okay, Mike. All right. So we got our reels from last weekend. We got our reels from this weekend. We did our giveaway. We did the MCU. We did our beers. There's only one thing left, Mike. What movie are we watching next week? 
Well, I think, Matt, that's a little bit up in the air as we were trying to get ready to record this. It looks like you might have a hard time finding this movie, but uh, we're hoping to do the card counter. But maybe we'll do something else depending on uh, availability of if we can watch it in the theaters. Because it's kind of on a limited release. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what, what's going on with that, but hopefully we'll be able to review the card counter and, uh, you know, talk about that one, right? It's right up your alley too, Mike. It's a revenge thriller that tells the story of an ex-military interrogator turned gambler haunted by the ghosts of his past. Yeah. You know me and revenge. Count me in. Love it. It's your favorite genre. Revenge. I don't know, man. Could be horror. Could be my favorite show. I don't know. I, I I like a lot of movies, Matt. I, I like movies, turns out. What's your favorite revenge movie? Is it John Wick? Ooh. Um no, it is not John Wick. Okay. I'll let um, you stew, because you've seen a lot of revenge movies. I think it's this um Gerard Butler Jamie Foxx movie. Oh, I always forget the name of it, though, which is terrible, because I love the movie. But, dude, it's brutal. Is it called um, Revenge? No, no. That that was that French movie, man. I know. I still want to see that just because you keep saying how great it is. Uh, we'll see it, it eventually. A, it was a great movie, man. It was a great movie. You definitely should see it. So, well, all right, Mike. I think that is uh, it for Real Film Nerds Podcast, episode two hundred thirty nine cry macho go ahead why don't you take us out of here mike okay the name of the movie though the revenge movie i had to i had to find it real quick so thanks for stalling man was uh you're welcome law abiding law abiding citizen oh yeah that's a good movie yeah dude that one's brutal man like the revenge in it oh it's good well uh, you know one of these days i'm gonna pay for you to go see a therapist and figure out why you love revenge movies so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want the results. We'll just uh, I'll just keep watching those movies. All right, fine. All right. So, very good. All right, Mike Mike is not going to a therapist. He's doing fine. Yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> All right, do your thing. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, make sure to catch our pod next week and follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And go out there and stream a movie or watch a movie at the theater if you feel comfortable. I think that's it. So thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you on the next pod. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now go out and catch a movie. It's ma'am. Okay. Right away, ma'am. Okay. Oh, ma'am, I like it when you call me ma'am. No, actually, I don't. I was going to say. I don't, I don't like it. Take it back. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Matt Hinshaw from the Real Film Nerds podcast in studio this morning on Magic 99.1. I know you're doing great this morning.
Incredible. Yeah. How you know, could I tell? You know what's hilarious what? is I even left my house early, like more than usual. To get here on I time. I still got here on time. Yeah. If that tells you how many traffic lights I hit. Wow. So a lot. Getting up early added Didn't another help. ten minutes because <laughs> of those traffic lights. Well, you made it, and we're all glad because we all can't wait to hear what you thought about the new Clint Eastwood movie Cry Macho. It was long, two hours and thirty-two minutes. I don't think was it that That's long. That's what it says? I think it's I think it's right around like two. Okay, well it oh, doesn't oh, matter. It you're felt right. two you're, hours you're, and thirty two minutes. It did it really? Yeah, it, it was... did. No, I'm. That's the video. Two thirty two. Oh, okay. Two minutes and thirty two. That would have been more like it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Two minutes and thirty. Yeah. Right. I'd be all right with that. That would be okay. So uh, you didn't like it I then, love, huh? I love me some Clint Eastwood. He's yeah. one of my favorites. I mean, how do you not? You right. Know? Right. Uh, the the list of films is just. Ever growing, as you see. Right. But uh, I have to say, this is not one of my favorites. That's for sure. Tell me why. Tell me why. The first half, to be honest, you really have no idea what's going on. Really? Very confusing. Yeah. It's just like you start out here and then it jumps a year and then you're here and you're like, what? Why is this? You don't get much backstory. The backstory slowly starts rolling out. Um, it's just some of the things and some of the choices they make are just like, he's a 90 year one year old man. Yeah. It's like, you can't hide it. Like <laughs> you just can't hide it. I mean, yeah. he like tries to take a swing and it's just, it, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. But tell me this because they showed him, um, in the past, but it was still him playing himself. Is that why? No, no, no. Okay. No. Okay. They, they don't like, really yeah. go back in the past. So the movie takes place in the year 1979. Okay. So they show a little bit like in the past here and there, mm-hmm. but they, they roll like a full year. Like in the beginning, you get introduced to a couple characters and then all of a sudden it's a year later and it's like, what? Okay. Okay. okay, that's okay. Right. So it's just, it, it. I mean, it's shot beautifully. It's acted well, except for the Clint Eastwood's co-star. He's a little rough. You yeah. can tell he's fairly new. He's trying real hard, yeah. but it's still, it's pretty rough. Okay. Uh, you know, I just, the second half of the film, if that was just the whole movie, I think it would have been better. The second really? half of the film was just incredible. It was very good. It's all about life and slowing down and taking your time to see what's around you and uh, enjoying it and capitalizing on it and being kind to people. And all. that's the whole second half of the film. Okay. The whole first is just like... Whatever. Right. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Interesting. How many reels are you going to give it? You're going to, people are going to get mad, but I only give it two and a half. Two and a half reels yeah. for Clint Eastwood. Yep. Whoa. Okay. Yep. Okay. And uh, what uh, what does Ma Hinshaw think? Should we give her a call and uh, and see what she thinks about oh, it? She's probably going to oh, love it. Oh, definitely. I, yeah. Of course. She loves it. It's yeah. her boy, Clint Eastwood. Exactly. I mean, you know, they're practically the same age. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, she's going to love that, Matt. No, I'm going to get hurt for that one. Ma but. Hinshaw. <laughs> is coming up next on Magic. On the line, Ma Hinshaw on Magic 99.1. Good morning, Ma. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. Good. I have my hot apple tea. Nice. Sitting here waiting to talk to you. Well, we're so glad you called in. We're so excited to see what you thought about Cry Macho. I'm not going to talk to him anymore. <laughs> I thought the movie was great. You did. Tell me I why. Really, it, well, it has the Clint Eastwood stamp of videography. I, it just, you know, it's a, a Eastwood movie, you know, the really pretty beginning with the truck driving through the trees and everything. It's really pretty. And yeah, okay, there are parts that are slow. But 
I thought the uh, I thought it was great. It has some really good messages in it, and I thought the young man did a good job. Heavens to Murgatroyd! The young he man, was good, you, you know. You mean the co-star? Not uh, you're not calling Clint Eastwood a young man, right? No, no, <laughs> I no the co-star. Okay. The, the fella, I don't know. He seemed like he was a teenager, but I'm not sure. He might have been younger than that. But okay. I thought he was good for the part, you know? Yes. And tell and me, does... Clint Eastwood, awesome. Really? Is he still my... sexy? Oh, let me tell you. As my <laughs> husband was getting me out of the theater, these three ladies who had been sitting behind me were walking through the door, and they said, oh, my gosh. He's still hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Ninety one and he's still hot. See, Matt, there's still hope for you. Great. I'll find I'll <laughs> yes. find my true love in ninety one. Um, I don't know if I'll make there it. There you long. go. There but you, you have to learn to ride a horse. Right, Matt. Come on. <laughs> Priorities, buddy. <laughs> no, I like I like having more than one horse. You know, I like the three hundred horses coming out yeah, of the car. Three hundred horses, yeah. got it. How many cookies yeah, are you gonna right. give the movie, Ma? I I'm giving it four and a half. I recommend everybody go see it because it is it really got real pretty parts. It captures the flavor of Mexico also, and I live very close to Mexico. You know, right? And right. um. I just thought it, it was really good, but that's, you know, that's my view. Go see it, everybody. Okay, you know, after <laughs> your review, I feel like maybe I will check it out, but I like I like how Matt said that it has a really good message, too, so. I, I don't know. I think she's biased. It does. <laughs> I think uh, she just likes Clint. It has a very good message. Well, we... it, uh, you would like, and not typical Clint Eastwood movie, you know. He yeah. does not come out with guns blazing, but it's a good movie, in my view. Okay, well, I appreciate your review, Ma Hinshaw, on Magic. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank Magic you. Magic 99.1. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, she she does a great job. Tell me. What, Honestly, what do you think? she's just biased. She's biased. Well, she's biased because she's deeply in love she with... She is deeply in love with hot yeah. Clint Eastwood. Yep. Yes. What movie are we going to review mean, next week? Do you know? Clearly her eyesight isn't working or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we have two that we're picking from. Uh, my co-host has not gotten back to me because he's very busy. Right. He just taking, had a baby. Well, he did. Yeah. But taking his wife care did. of baby number two. Yes. And uh, she's a little hellraiser from what I've heard. Okay. So, um, okay. If we can make it to the theater, we're going to go see Oscar Isaac's latest film called The Card Counter. Okay. It came out a couple of weeks ago, September 10th specifically. It's only in theaters. It looks like a good one. It's a uh, uh, ex-military negotiator turned uh, card shark. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I'll vote for that one. So I'm thinking that'll be fun. It's a revenge movie. If not, there's this new one that dropped on Netflix. I believe it's called Kate. Okay. Well, that's okay. You don't have to look it up. We'll just know. We'll see what it is um, next Monday on what station, Matt? The Magnificent Magic 99.1.